today we're going to talk about deciding to draw the line, deciding to define the line, and deciding to dig in at the line. And I'm going to define that for you a little bit more. We read a passage last week in 1 Peter, and I told you this guy Peter really quickly for the sake of time because we're short on it. Um, I'm not going to dive in a whole lot to the background of Peter, but Peter was a follower of Jesus, and this guy was the the epitome of opposites. You know, when the rest of the disciples uh, were afraid and in the boat, there's this famous story. They're, they're afraid and they're in the boat. Jesus walks out on the water. All of them are shuddering, and they think they're going to die, and Peter does the total opposite. He's like, call me out on the water. They're like, please calm the storm. We're going to die. Peter's like, call me on the water and steps out of the boat. Okay. This guy, when he, when he writes in the Bible, when you read his books, first, second Peter, you you begin to understand that what he's doing is he's presenting a narrative of opposites that this is, let me say it this way. This is the way the world will tell us to do something. And Peter's saying, this is the way that we should probably do it as followers of Jesus. And it is very, it, it feels very polarizing. It's going to feel counterintuitive to us in our default mechanisms as humans. We all have default mechanisms as humans. So he jumps in and he, he's writing in, in 1 Peter 5, he's writing to believers at the time who are struggling. They're dealing with their suffering and some persecution and there's a lot of mental fatigue and, and the, the things that are weighing on their mind. And so he says this to them. He, it says, so humble yourselves. And he's talking to the elders, the older generation, and he's talking to the younger generation. Um, and it, to this day, this is relevant because we still kind of have this interesting like older generation, younger generations, right? You, 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 have you guys heard this talk before? You know, the younger generations, the problem is, and the younger generations, like the older generations, the problem is. But the real problem Peter's about to describe is that neither generation is able to exercise humility. So it says, so humble yourselves, elders and those who are younger. This is verse six, under the mighty power of God, not underneath your own power. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God. Give all your worries and cares to God because God is the one who cares for you. This is the part you're going to, the word is cast. And next week we're going to talk about that. And it says, stay alert, watch out, your great enemy, the devil. This is our rival. This is the real enemy of what's going on, okay? It's not the person that makes you think something or feel something. There is a real enemy, and we named that enemy, and his name's Satan. And it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, who? The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he says in verse 9, stand firm against him. That word is resist and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers. So remember, and I love this, remember that your family of believers, what that does is it, it, it implies, it insinuates that what he's doing is he's assuming that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you're part of a family. It, it, it kind of goes like with what Lindsay just said. There's this misnomer that you can be a follower of Jesus but not be part of a family. Let me, let, let me say, can I preach, which section am I preaching to this morning? Who's with me this morning, okay? It is, it is possible for you and I to be a follower of Jesus, to be a Christian, but it is not necessarily probable that you're going to be able to stand firm in your faith. Why? Because you and I were not created to do things alone. 
That's why we long for partners. That's why we get married. That's why we, when we go to work, we're looking for a partnership in the employment. Okay? There's something powerful about that community. So he, he kind of ha- he's kind of got this base understanding that the people he's talking to are part of a family. Can I just encourage you today? There's no solo Christianity. If you're not part of a family, I want you to take the step of moving into, out of being an orphan and being adopted into the family of Christ. There's something powerful to, because part of what we're talking about dealing with negative thoughts is you're not going to be able to do it alone. You're going to need people on your side. He says, remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Um, I, I, I uh, started this process of fixing the lower part of my teeth. Uh, as I've gotten older, I have all my wisdom teeth. Does anyone here have all their wisdom teeth? Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm any wiser. It just means that I have intense jaw tension. Uh, and so I, I went to the dentist and I've never had a cavity in my life. And so I, I go to the dentist and, the, and, and they're like, wow, this is interesting. You've never had a cavity in your life. You have all your wisdom teeth. And so they ended up pulling one of my wisdom teeth because it was starting to get my first little cavity. Why? Because as I've gotten older, just so you know this, your, your, your teeth begin crunching and pushing. Certain things, it's like, it's horrible. Like the older you get, you know, I won't go into the other things. But anyway, I needed to get my bottom teeth fixed. Teeth are getting pushed and crunched and twisted. And I'm, I'm biting the inside of my lips and it's super painful, taking chunks out of my cheek. It's just, it's bad. So I go and, and they have great technology now where they give you these plastic trays. Has anyone ever done this? And you wear these trays and it's basically like removable braces that you put on and every two weeks you put a new tray on and it'll hurt for like a day or two and then your teeth, little by little, incrementally, they move your teeth. And they straighten your teeth out. So I started this process. It's supposed to be a 10-month process. I made the decision I'm going to do it. I got probably, I don't know, six months into the process. Was in the middle of a bunch of stuff. Had a lot of stuff going on. It was just too much for me to deal with, so I quit. Have I ever communicated to you anything about me that says I'm a quitter? Man, and this thing was like the devil on my shoulder. Like, bro, you're a quit. Out of everything, I can complete an Ironman. But I'm going to tell you what, the negative thought in my brain, the devil's like, you're a quitter, bro. And I'm like, I try to point to the Ironman and the devil, you know what the devil says? Devil's like, no, you quit on your braces, bro. You see how wily this fool is? All right. So I had to make a decision. I got to put the excuses away. So about a month ago, I said, forget it. I'm making a decision. I'm bringing them back. I'm going to finish it. It's 10 month. Pro- I, I was already, I mean, I had to back up to like week three, right? I mean, it's like I had to start over again. I had to endure the pain, but I had to make the decision. But there's some things that went into making that decision. Okay. 
And today, we're talking about this decision-making process. Let me ask you a question. What was your most prominent thought this week? If you, if you exercised this activity that we did, what was your most prominent thought? What was the thing that you saw that you were like, my gosh, this thought? Do you guys have one? Okay, this is going to get crazy. Are any of you willing to just shout out what the thought is? You're like, go ahead, Amy. You're not a good enough mom. Boom. She just broke the ice. She's not a good enough mom. Now, anyone that knows Amalette would be like, girl, you're crazy. Okay? Anyone else? Amalette said she's not a good enough mom. Anyone else? Go ahead. She won't be able to handle her schedule. Like, there's too much. Too much. Good. Say that again. You need to do more. Like, man, so behind all of these, this is what I know. There, there are other things going on. You know what? I can relate to, I, like, I'm not doing enough. And you know what it's rooted in? I've had some time to process this, so, so don't feel like you need to process them. But that was, for me, it was rooted in the issue that when I was young, I had someone call me lazy. Bro, you call me lazy, I will stand toe-to-toe with you, and I will literally work you into the ground, and I will die trying. I had somebody one time say, um, I, I said, yeah, I'm going to start doing this type of job, and the person looked at me, l- literally laughed in my face and said, I would pay money to see you do a job like that. You know Why? Because their, their perspective of me was I was lazy. Now, as a man, this is what was behind that. I didn't think that I had what it took. So when you say to me, or if I felt like I'm not doing enough, it was I'm lazy, but behind that was you don't have what it takes as a man. And there's going to come a day that you're going to have to do something hard and you don't have what it takes to do hard things. There's a lot of men that can relate to that. Do you see how these thoughts work? So we need to make some decisions today. And the first decision that we need to make with these types of thoughts is we're going to decide to draw the line. Now, this is where you decide to evict negative thoughts. This is not... This is not the moment that the eviction happens. This is the decision. Like, that's it. I'm putting the braces back on. Are you with me? You need to make a decision because I think contrary to popular belief, if you don't make this decision, then nothing's going to happen. You have to make the decision. You get to decide what you think about. What I'm not saying is, is you, that, that your mind is going to be free from every thought. Uh, thoughts are going to float all around in and out of your mind, but you get to make a decision on which one of those thoughts you're going to grab a hold of, you're going to look at, you're going to talk to, you're going to snuggle up with, okay? That you make your own. You make the decision what you're going to ponder. The word is ponder. Hmm, I'm going to sit on this for a while. 
Romans 12.1, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. (laughs) I want you to know, right now we're going to see, this guy Paul is writing this, we're going to see the opposites, what the world does and what he's saying for you and I to do. Don't copy the customs. Don't copy the way the world does it. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. You and I need to make a decision right now. Are you going to live with negative thoughts or are you not? Decision avoidance is probably the biggest culprit. We avoid decision making a lot of times for a couple of reasons. Number one, maybe you're afraid. Number two, maybe you're overwhelmed. Uh, Maybe you think there's too much going on. Uh, Maybe you're just fatigued. There's something called decision fatigue. It's thought, and let me give you some statistics because I I want want you guys to kind of understand that there's a lot in what I just said. Uh, It's thought that an adult makes more than 35,000 conscious decisions a day. 35,000 conscious, meaning you stop, you think, you go, huh, and you decide. There's a whole nother set of of decisions that are being made subconsciously that you don't even realize. It is thought that 35,000 conscious decisions are made a day by an adult in comparison to 3,000 by a child. (laughs) Which is why they have such a free spirit. Okay, here's, fun, here's some fun uh, facts for you. Uh, we make 226.7 decisions a day on food alone. I probably, I have to make at least triple that. <laughs> I am like constantly making decisions, okay? And, and that was according to research done by Cornell University. As responsibility increases, so do the decisions that you're faced with. So it makes sense that as adults, we're dealing with the bombardment of negative thoughts and we struggle sometimes just to make the decision, I'm not going to deal with it anymore because we're fatigued or we're afraid. We just have so much going on. Can anyone relate? But I want to tell you the most important decision that you and I will ever make is deciding what you're going to allow to occupy your mind space. More than what you're going to eat, it's what you're going to feed your spirit. It's the most important decision that you and I will ever make. It's the most transformational decision is what you allow your mind to ponder. Why? We established in week one, we said in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think, as you allow thoughts to sit and rest and you grab a hold of these thoughts and you make buddy-buddy with them, you become those things. So if you're thinking and constantly ruminating on, I'm not doing enough, let me tell you something. You will become a person who just never does enough. You take that identity on. Let me offer you some really quick questions to ask. So I'm going to give you some quick things uh, to ask. Number one, what am I saying yes to by saying no to making a decision? What am I saying yes to by saying no to making a decision? This is what I mean. If you say, nope, I'm not going to make a decision about the thought, that thought living in my brain. That's fine. For every no, you're saying yes to something. So you say no to making a decision about negative thoughts that are living in your brain. You're saying yes to bondage. You're saying yes to anxiety. You're saying yes to depression. You're saying yes to suicidal thoughts. You're saying yes to poor and negative self-image. Every time you say no to making that decision about that thought, you're saying yes to something. 
You need to ask yourself, when I say no to this, what am I saying yes to? You know what? I, when I say no to the, to, to the teeth straightening, I'm saying yes to biting my lip, to bleeding. <laughs> okay? You got to process this. What is the positive outcome of making this decision? Because there is a positive outcome. It, sometimes it's hard to deal with these things that are in front of us because you got to get into some stuff. Like I kind of walked us into like, oh, the depth of me feeling like, oh, wow, this has to do with laziness. This has to do with something somebody said to me. This has to, maybe has to do with forgiveness. I mean, there's, there's something behind this. But what's the positive outcome if you make the decision? I refused to let negative thoughts live in my brain. And then what is stopping you from making the decision? You, you have to identify if you, there are obstacles probably stopping you. You just have to identify it. What is stopping me from making the decision? If I realize, Pat, I re- this is yes, 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 yes. Okay, I get it, Pat. There, but, but there's still something stopping me. Identify what's stopping you. The most transformational decision you can make is if you're going to allow negative thoughts to live rent-free in your mind. That is the most transformational decision you're ever going to make in your life. Number two, deciding to define the line. This is where you decide what thoughts need to be evicted. Defining lines are dividing lines. I'm going to say that again. Defining lines are dividing lines. When you define something, it becomes very clear. Thought, if you're on that side of the line, thought you can't live here. When The, the more defined you become, the more dividing happens. That, 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 that is a life principle. Clarity becomes king that way. So what we do is sometimes we like to live in ambiguity because we're a people pleaser and we don't want to define because by inherently when you define, it divides. I'm sorry. I'm not living in that negative headspace anymore. So when I define and that divides, maybe there's people in my life that live in that negative space that they want to fuel these negative thoughts and definition divides. And I'm like, I can't actually hang out with you anymore. Hello. Come on. Somebody better preach at me. <laughs> you need to hold, you and I need to hold our thoughts up against the standard of God's thoughts as revealed in scripture. Why? Because that's the defining line. Your feelings and my feelings and your thoughts and my thoughts are not necessarily the gold standard. Why? Because they move. And you can't hit a moving target. We need a target that doesn't move. God's words do not change. We like to change, and we want to change them to culture, but they don't change. And you know a person's thoughts when you listen to their words. And what are you thinking? You just don't sit by osmosis. You ask a person, what are you thinking? God, what are you thinking? And we sit there, and we look in the clouds like he's going to speak. This is what I'm thinking. God, what are you thinking? Do you know what the next step is? Pick up the Bible and read it. Why? Because you're going to get a really clear, like 100% crystal clear idea about what God's thinking about. Hebrews 4.12. For the word, we read this last week. For the word of God is what? He's alive and powerful. It is sharper 
Then the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and merit, exposes it, reveals our innermost thoughts, the things we ponder about, the things we're inspirited by. So what God thinks and says supersedes what humanity thinks and says. And I know that we may not like that. And we want to say, well, God, that's just not how culture is today. I'm going to be real blunt. It doesn't matter. If you, like, like I'm, so, so like parents will relate to this. Children, if you, you're, you've been a child at some point, you go to your parent, you ask them for something, and they're like, no, why? Because. You ever heard that answer? I was like, I'm never doing that to my kid. They come to me, they ask me a question. No, they go, why? I said, Because. Because contrary to your desires and your belief system and what you are trying to do and all of the pleasure sensory stuff that you're trying to achieve, I'm a dad and I'm, I actually know what's best for you. And I'm telling, this is, this is just right. No. Why? Because, because I care for you more than you potentially care for yourself. Your brain's not fully developed. I think God looks at us sometimes and says, man, my thoughts supersede your thoughts. My words supersede your words. Why? Because your human brain is not fully developed. <laughs> your way, like, that's why it says God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Why? Because we don't live fully developed. We live somewhat off-center because of sin. Philippians 4, 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. If your thoughts don't line up with those things that I just said, because that's what God thinks about, God's not sitting back thinking about garbage. He's thinking about what's true and right and honorable. (laughs) And if my thoughts aren't lining up with that, they need to be evicted. Here's some important questions to ask, or, or really one important question to ask. Is the thought that I'm dealing with speaking about my old self or the new creation that God has made me to be? This is a huge one. Because some of us, man, we struggle a lot When I talked about, I'm not doing enough and I get into laziness, guess what? That's old Pat stuff. That's not new create. That's not who God says I am. That's who some person said I was. And you know what? I don't really care what that person says. Why? Because their words don't line up with the word of God. Call me lazy. Fine. You know what? I think you're lazy and you're disciplined to keep your mouth shut. I woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. Say amen. Okay. Ephesians 4, 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Since you've heard about him and the truth that comes from him. Can I tell you something really quickly? Truth doesn't come from anywhere but Jesus. It doesn't come from you. There's no such thing as personal truth. There's a personal perspective, but there's one truth comes from Jesus. I mean, I, 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 I could 
preach on that for a bit, for a minute. Right, Pastor Jeff? Thank you. I need a choir and an organ, bro. I need, I need a DJ. More like I need a DJ. I want a DJ. Anyone? I need, yeah, anyway. Listen to this. It's the truth that comes from Jesus that allows us to throw off our old sinful nature and your former way of life, life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your what? Your thoughts and attitudes. Did you know that your thoughts are going to determine your attitudes? Man, you grumpy this morning? This is all I got to ask you. What are you pondering? Bro, get your head out of the gutter. Girl, I, I get it. Right? Instead, let the Spirit renew your thought and your attitude. He says, put on your what? New nature created to be like who? God and truly righteous and holy. Here's the deal. If what you're thinking about is speaking to your old man, you're going to say, nope, I'm taking that old thing off and I'm putting this new thing on. It's like a hat. It's like a wardrobe. It's, it's, it's like that new thing that you just bought. It's like there is a new creation that God has built for you to be wardrobed in. You're going to take the old thing off. You're going to put the new thing on. If it doesn't line up to that, you, you, you got to go. Amen? Here's a quick tip. You can utilize biblically sound. This is important. Listen to my words. You can utilize biblically sound and wise outside counsel. Biblically sound and wise outside counsel. Focus on the biblically sound and wise portion. We don't put Instagram polls. We don't go on Facebook and ask all of our friends who are dealing with the same issues who want to commiserate. Okay? We need a few, maybe one person that you can utilize that's biblically sound. They know the thoughts of God. And wise counsel to help you in this process. We're going to talk about next week how this applies. So you've made the decision to evict these negative thoughts. You've made the decision about which thoughts need to be evicted. You've drawn the line. You've defined the line. Now, you have to make the decision to dig in. Why? The devil is on the prowl. Devil is on the prowl. This, this decision, deciding to dig in at the line, this is where you decide to stand your ground. We got to dig in, family. We got to hold on. We got to hold the line. You got to hold the line for yourself. We have to hold the line for each other as family. That when, when, when Amalette steps in and she says to some other moms, perhaps, man, I'm really struggling because I feel like I'm not a good enough mom. They say, you know what, Amy, you need to hold the line. 
Because somewhere, some, some way you've been made to believe this, but I want to encourage you today. That is not who you are. That's the old person and God has made you a new creation. And I'm going to dig in. I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to help press your heels into the ground. Because you're. I, I know that you have the ability to be stubborn, but I want you to be stubborn about the prowl of the devil who wants to devour you and tell you that you're not a good enough mother because you are. We got to dig in. Ephesians 6.10 says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to what? Stand firm against all strategies of the devil. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, therefore, whenever you see therefore, it's therefore a reason. Therefore, what he's about to say is there because the enemy is on the prowl and the fight is not here. fight isn't with people. Therefore, this is what we need to do. We need to put on every piece of God's armor so you're able to resist, stand firm, dig in, hold off the enemy in the time of evil. When is the time of evil? Right now. Can I tell you it's not momentary? We're in the time of evil until Jesus comes back. Just, if you don't know that. (laughs) Then after the battle, what battle? The battle when Jesus comes and he wields his sword for the last time. Then, in the time of the battle, then after this battle, you will be standing firm. And I want to be standing firm after Jesus defeats the devil. I don't want to be lost in a thought that I don't have what it takes or I'm not a good enough mother or good enough father and, 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 and I'm not doing enough. I, I don't want to be lost in that. I don't want to be devoured by that. I don't want to be dominated by those thoughts. Indifference and indecisiveness is ripe ground for domination. If you don't make a decision, it's your decision. If you don't make a decision, your indecisiveness in this is ripe ground for the enemy to come and dominate you. Oh, you're not going to make a decision about this. That's cool. I'm just going to... Now I'm on you. (laughs) Like, it's a game of, like, who's going to flinch first? Like, the devil's watching you, and you're like, oh, you flinch. You're indecisive. Well, I don't know. I'm just... And we start playing with the devil's like, I got you now. Nope, we're going to dig in. Peter's telling us, We're going to need to stand firm, which is an ongoing action. Why? Because the negative thoughts are going to be constant. Hate to break the news to you. There's always going to be negativity prowling, ready to devour us. Why don't you stand with me this morning? We need to hold on to the truth of God's word. We need to hold our focus, hold our aim, hold our posture. We need to hold on to the hope of our new creation story. We need 
to draw the line, to define the line, and we need to dig in at the line. This is, this is really up to us. It's up to you today. Here's a question. Are my actions taking me closer to the point of being devoured or closer to the point of being delivered? Are the decisions that I'm making about what I'm thinking about taking me closer to the point of being devoured and dominated? I hate being dominated. I hate the feeling of it. There, there, there is a, there's a worthy enemy, meaning like there, there is something real that we have to be attentive to. It's trying to dominate your thoughts. And I don't, I don't believe in a stat, I don't believe in like static living. You're either moving toward domination, being devoured, or you're moving toward deliverance. If we, if we want to pretend that we can live in the in-between somehow and survive, I just want you to know I've tried it in my life. It don't work. It ain't happening. Okay? Let's close our eyes. I've given you some key questions. I've given you some key scriptures. The homework for this week is to go back and utilize some key scriptures that I gave you and those questions I gave you to exercise during the week. Next week, we're going to talk about what we're going to do now that we've made a decision. For some of you, I think just prayer for strength this morning. How many of you need strength? As I talk about this, how many of you need, like you're like, you realize like, I don't have the strength myself. How many of you need the strength to do this? Okay. There's a lot of us. So this is what I'm going to do. This is very corporate for the sake of time. If you, if you're willing open up your hands, father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, that you would give strength and courage to each one of us as we press into making the decision to draw the line to define the line. Thoughts, we're defining the line. You can't live on this side of the line anymore. Thoughts, you literally have to live on the side of hell. You can't live on the side of heaven. This is a thought from the pit of hell. There are thoughts from the pit of hell that the enemy wants to keep bringing to your doorstep. And the Father right now is, is wanting to deliver you from those things. They're like literal deliverance right now. Literal deliverance right now. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Father, there's deliverance happening right now. Man, your shirt says Lionheart. Is that what it says? Does your shirt say Lionheart? Yeah. That's prophetic, by the way, for you. Because you don't feel like you have the heart of a lion, but you do. That like like th this whole idea, I just want you to know that God, his willingness for you today, stuff that just keeps 
getting you tripped up over and over and over again. I just felt like the Lord this morning said, when I looked at your shirt, it was like, yeah, yeah, that was a good pick for today because you need to know that he's given you the lion's heart. He's given you the ability and the courage and the strength and the things that you feel like, man, I've lived a lifetime with these things and there's time, you're just ready to quit. You're ready to give up. It overwhelms you. And he, and he wants you to know today that there's no time for quitting this. Continue to hold on. It's in the space of holding on that you find the hope. It's in that space you keep your posture to stand stand tall, lift your head up. The enemy wants you to drop your head, wants you to think about the past. When you drop your head, you start thinking about what, what was and what happened in yesterday. And God wants you to look forward and look at him. Amen? Amen. So Father, give us strength and give us courage today as we walk out of this place, because every single one of us has this in common. We're human and we deal with a bombardment of negativity and negative thoughts, but you've given us the ability to make a decision. We can decide to live on the side of you and who you are and who you call us to be, or we can live on the side of hell. It is that clear. And I refuse to listen to what hell wants to say about me. Let us hold fast. Let us dig in. If you need prayer this morning, do not leave this building without it. We have a ministry team that would love to pray for you. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen. Join us next week as we talk about some practical steps.